You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I am sitting down with Teresa Colster, uh, tax extraordinaire, CPA extraordinaire. She is our uh, preferred uh, provider for all things financial for cheer gym owners um, and generally business owners. I know she does a a multitude of different businesses, but um, really excited to be sitting down with you. And you have uh, another one of your employees, coworkers of some sort. So I'll let you guys introduce yourselves and, and tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So I'm Teresa Collister. I we're, we're in Warrensburg, Missouri, which you probably know where that's at. We're about 50 miles southeast of Kansas City. Um, fairly small town, college town. Um, I graduated from college here, grew up here, um, have my business here and deal with really a pretty wide variety of businesses. But we're seeing a lot of cheer gyms. And so um, keeping busy um, through everything. Um but our, our practice is mostly tax related, a lot of small business. Um, of course, we do individual tax, but I think, um, you know, the, the businesses are kind of our, our I think, our favorite uh, thing that we enjoy doing. Um, and then I have with me Lindsay Moylan. Um, so Lindsay can tell about herself. Yeah, I'm originally from Kansas, uh, but I spent nine years in Montana and then the military uh, brought me back this way. Um, So I've been um, in the industry like 15 years or so, it feels, I think. Um, But I've ran the gamut. I I was an auditor for a while before I came back over to the tax side and payroll side. So um, I I bring my audit skills um, to a lot of our accounting clients too, um, because I know um, what Things are being looked at and what to look for. Um, but uh, here I primarily um, work um, with our our clients that um, own businesses and I do some individual tax and um, some consulting stuff too with um, QuickBooks and accounting awesome. software. So, um, so <laughs> that's phenomenal. So my first, my burning question that I didn't prep you for is what is it like working with Justin <laughs> and Danielle on the regular? Uh, they're a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, I actually, um, I knew Justin and Danielle just knew who they were because my daughter was in, um, tumbling, um, when we first moved here. So I kind of got, uh, a distance of that. And then when, um, started working with them here, uh, I feel like we've all kind of grown together because they started, uh, like we, Willa started going when they had barely just opened their the first location and, and getting to see them grow and the gym, the move to the bigger gym and um, just all the things that they've been doing from, uh, you know, what we started working with them just on payroll stuff and how it's, it's grown to, um, you know, we're getting the calls of what, what we're doing next and okay, here's what we're going to do. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I think we see Justin more now than we do yeah. Danielle. So 
I think that's what we really love about most all of our business clients is just, you know, we are a smaller firm. So we kind of get to know everybody more on a personal level. You might see them at Walmart on Saturday and, you know, how's the family? And so I feel like we are kind of, you know, we're number nerds, but, you know, we do like uh, get getting to know everybody and the people. So um, for me, yeah. I think we all enjoy that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see. I love it. See how when it when it goes well, it's great. Yeah, I love it. So, um, you've you started out working with Justin and Danielle, and then that introduced you to the people that we know through Next Gen and work with through Next Gen, and you've started to work with more cheer gyms and get contacted by more cheer gyms. So, let's start there. As you as you look at cheerleading gyms and gyms that are coming to you, what are what are some things that you see people doing well? And what are some things that you see that maybe industry trends that you're seeing coming in could be improved upon? Mm, I don't know. On I think as far as coming in, I mean, it's, it's definitely a variety. I mean, a lot of times people are in catch up mode, like they grow so fast that you know, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, you know, now all this activity is happening. We have to go, you know, back a little bit to catch up. Um, so I think, um, I don't know if I'm answering the question, <laughs> but the suggestion, my thought would be is, you know, to try and get on that early as far as keeping up with all the activity um, to know where you're at. Um, and as far as trends in I the industry, industry, I mean, trends is, is not different than a lot what we're seeing in other industries yeah is um there's there's some some shifting right now in our our new post-covid era of of how um businesses are operating and what they're doing um with their employees and their you know for gyms in particular their students and their, their athletes. So it's, it really is trying to balance um, those two of what's your actual, what you're actually providing to the community, but then on the backside, keeping up with uh, the, the transactions and the finance side of it and making sure, you know, there's money in the bank, there's going to be money in the bank. And if you've got loans and things like that, I know bankers are, are getting more more hands on and what they're wanting and when they want it yeah. um, because they've got regulators on them too. So it, it's finding that right balance of of when and how and who's going to do the backside while also continuing to focus on what you're good at and what you're you're trying to do and, and growing your business. So um, the the balancing act for me is what I see a lot for um, okay. our gyms and. <clears throat> What would be, so there's a million different softwares and different things out there, right? Um, QuickBooks is kind of the goldish standard. That seems to be what the majority of people use. Um, but then when I go to do taxes, why shouldn't I use, just do my own business taxes? Why shouldn't I just use TurboTax and figure it out? <laughs> well, we're <laughs> definitely if you have your own business, you need an accountant. Um, I think, you know, yes, you can kind of decide a little bit of how much accounting work you want to try and do yourself. Um, but like Lindsay mentioned before, we always think, you know, 
you your business, no matter what it is, gyms or whatever, should do what you do best and then hire somebody to help you, you know, with the backside, the financial. Um, so, I mean, QuickBooks is a good one um, as far as accounting, but it's, I wouldn't say tackle it all yourself and doing your tax return yourself. I think if you only have a W-2, that would be fine. <laughs> but as a business owner, you know, there are just so many missed opportunities and deductions and you know, it's just really nice to have someone to sit down and talk to and ask those questions that can be there all year versus trying to do it yourself. And the flip side, there's a lot of things that people think are deductible in yeah. in one year, but are really balance sheet items, uh, yeah. principal and interest of your loan. You know, that needs to be split. If you're buying large equipment or doing mm-hmm. building improvements, you can't just write those things off. So having an accountant look through your transactions um, and and building that balance sheet, which is required on um, the tax return for partnerships and S corps is, is monumental because then you're seeing the big picture of your, your business. And unless you know balance sheets and profit and losses um, and how to code your transactions correctly. Yeah. You could enter that into TurboTax, um, but TurboTax is not going to know that when you bought that building, um, unless you tell it that it's a fixed asset, that it needs to go on your balance sheet. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. TurboTax has its niche, but uh, usually not in cases like this. I, I, I'm yeah. not trying to talk badly about TurboTax. If by chance someone who loves it is listening, well, I just threw it out. <laughs> it's just one of those well-known brands. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, And and QuickBooks is the same way. I mean, if you're using the software and being consistent and recording your transactions, there are other softwares out there, um, but it's, it comes down to, can you, are you using it? Are you using it to its capability? And are you getting good information back out? So so. there were two things you guys kind of brought up there. Um, One is you were talking about balance and uh, balance sheets and profit and loss sheets. And I know from talking to gym owners and even my own, I'm not a numbers guy like that. I like numbers in terms of, I like the number to be higher than it was last month. You know what I mean? But um, I'm not a, I'm not a tax person. So I can look at those things and kind of understand them. But you start talking about all those different forms and sheets and my eyes start to glaze over and I'm, you know, thinking about the cheer routine I want to choreograph. Um, So what is how much do do business owners need to understand about that stuff? Like if they have a great accountant, how much do those owners need to be tracking and understanding about all those numbers and sheets and profit and loss statements and all that stuff? I mean, they need to have a, a, a good understanding, maybe not in the details, but um I think enough to sit down and ask the questions, you know, when they look at a balance sheet and it shows the items they have, they're the ones that they know what they went out and bought and what what, what should be on there. Now, um, how it gets there and all the details behind it, maybe not to know, but I think they need to like be together with their accountant in reviewing it. And, you know, they could easily identify something that's it out of place that, you know, oh, I bought something. Well, maybe they bought something that, we just mm-hmm. didn't know about, you know, anything that goes to the bank account, we're going to know about. But sometimes there's things that can happen, you know, outside your bank account that if it's not brought to the accountant's attention, 
they can't get it recorded. For so, instance, like if you bought a, an equipment and you financed it, that check may not go through the bank. So if if we're sitting down together and looking at, say, the balance sheet and we're looking at liabilities and you no say, loan. oh, but I have this new loan um, for this equipment. Well, we need to record the equipment. We need to record the loan and then start recording the interest uh, for that loan as a deduction. So um, I think looking, I- looking at it, you should be like, okay, we're, well, we're missing a loan or we're missing mm-hmm. this equipment. Right. Um, um, and, and it's more than just, uh, you know, the money in the bank account. So mm-hmm. if, if we're see if we're starting to see some trends of, Hey, net income is going up because we've identified, um, you know, we, we've cut some expenses that we didn't need and we're getting all that, um, targeted, uh, then you can start planning for the future of, okay, next year we're going to, to buy this or next year we plan to, um, increase this programming or we're expecting uh, more all-star cheerleaders to come in. So it, it's, it helps to just know some bare bones. Um, and usually um, as we've seen uh, with Justin and Danielle too, like as we're explaining right. stuff, they're learning more and, um, and, and get more. And then they have better questions for us and then yeah. we can get deeper into you definitely, so yeah, you definitely have to have that back and forth communication because, you know, for us, we're recording everything we know about, but it's really those conversations that happen that, you know, make sure that everything's been, you know, recorded and discussed and, you know, those kind of things. So it's kind of an ongoing, not like a one-time conversation, yeah, but, you know, so ongoing. You had mentioned there, there's kind of two things. You mentioned deductions. So I'd, I'd love to have a little bit of a conversation about what should people be looking at for deductions. And then uh, on a secondary, mm-hmm. I'd kind of like to get to, we know it's the end of the year and what, what are questions and things that questions people should be asking their accountant and what are things that people should be doing to help set themselves up successfully to go into tax season. If they're not a filing quarterly person, and they're, you know, they do an annual tax return for their business. Mm-hmm. Do you want to jump on that? Or do you want to um, so. I think, I think deduction wise, uh, you know, there's always the obvious ones that everybody thinks about, um, you know, your utilities, your, your rent or your things, your, um, competition fees, things like that. Like those are, those are the obvious ones. Um, there's some other ones, uh, we, I did write down a couple of things. Um, you know, if you've got employees or shareholders that are, you know, they have a home office and, or they're, you know, they use their own vehicles and you've got, you know, setting up those plans to reimburse those employees and getting those paid by end of year so that those are deductions that are counted. Um, if it's something where, you've had a really great year and um, you want to prepay some expenses. Those are things that can be talked about. You know, some people will prepay their utilities or prepay their rent if they've got the cash flow and they, they need those deductions on the income statement. Um, there's um, um, you know, looking at other big picture things of if you're, um, depending on if you're a sole proprietor or an S corp, um, mm-hmm. are you, 
um, taking advantage of the people that you can hire to have on on staff and salary to you know pay wages or um, you know those there's some of those things that year end we're getting down yeah. to you know the last right. week so it's harder to get some things done but it's like hey we've got the money we've got we can take the deduction there's there's special depreciation in section 179 um, rules right now in bonus so if you're gonna uh, if you know you're gonna need that large equipment you know maybe now's the time to get it before january 1st go ahead and, and make the the purchase um we have clients across a lot of industries that that's what they're working on right now is we're we're looking at the the income statement and, and doing some tax projections and you know is it better to buy it now before the end of the year or do it at the first of the year and um so we're never really proponents of just spending it to save the tax um but definitely, if you're going to buy it, the timing could, you know, makes a difference, make a difference. Yeah. And as far as like getting ready for the end of the year, I think that, you know, no matter who's do, if you're doing some of your own accounting or if your accounting's accountant is doing it, I think going through all your like a general ledger, we would call it to make sure like is everything it helps us. I know when things are, you know, categorized correctly and they're, they're all grouped. Sometimes if we have things that come in and they're you know, one vendor and it's all over, it makes a lot more work to figure out what are these and where do they go. So I think kind of me and hopefully you've done it all year, but if not, you know, at least before the year that you turn it over to the accountant, you know, make sure that everything is kind of neat and tidy and And it's a good time to get caught up. Like whatever your, your system is of tracking your transactions um, is caught up because you don't want to be doing 12 months in January, February, (laughs) Um, when it's time, you know, to be getting your stuff to your accountant. Um, so now's a good time while, you know, we're still within the year. It's still fresh. Um, you can still get maybe check images or, or bank receipts or anything like that from your bankers um, to find those things. And, you know, looking at your calendar or whatever, I'm like, okay, well, we did this. We were there. Um, I think, you know, this last week is a good time to kind of think about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um um, and even if, you know, you're not doing some tax projections or tax planning, it, it, it helps. It helps everybody. And um, I have a client that she used to sit down and she had just receipts. She said all over her living room mm-hmm. and she was trying to categorize them and, and total them up. And, uh, you know, that worked for a few years before, you know, she grew and then she, she just couldn't keep track of all that. And we had to come up with a new system for her. So, yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely, I think, the case for a lot of clients where you just you got to kind of catch up and then move forward with a good system. So. Yeah, because I think ideally, I mean, yes, you want to look at it at the end of the year, but we kind of before I talked about, you know, whatever your method is, you should be consistent with it. So, you know, receipts was the initial method. If that's, you know, what you're doing, look at them every month, organize them every month, you know, don't have a big bag at the end of the year. Because mm-hmm. then you just put it off, I think. <laughs> and and so, you know, what, whether you're using QuickBooks or Excel or however you're tracking everything, I think the main thing is, like, be consistent and look at it. You know, get in there once a week or one, once a month. Maybe it's probably not quite enough. But, you know, once a week you need to be kind of reviewing everything. And um, that way, if anything's not going right, you can ask those questions ahead of time. So, so. one of the things that happens in the cheer industry is – And I I imagine it happens in other industries too, but uh, we collect on fees that are then due 
the in the new year, right? So we collect for our January, February competitions. We start collecting those payments in November and December. So is that something that people need to pay in the 2022 calendar year? Or is there a way to allocate that appropriately when is that is there accounting magic that could be done? Um, well, it depends if you're cash basis or accrual basis. Uh, I feel like most of our clients are cash basis. So you count the income when you receive it and you count the expenses when you pay them. Um, only in the first year, two years, is it maybe going to be off a little bit? Because typically after that, you're always going to be collecting fees in November and December, and you're always going to be paying competition fees in February and March. So once you're kind of in that trajectory, it, it really kind of works itself out. So there may be some timing differences in that first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. setting s- season. Um, but after that, it, it usually um, works out pretty well. And especially as gyms grow, um, you're going to start seeing stuff go up and up and up and up and up. And um, like I, 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 there is accounting magic in the sense if you're an accrual base, um, you can have it where it's like a liability, and you're and you're you're putting it over on the balance sheet, and then recognizing it uh, when you do it. But uh, that adds it's definitely something to look at at the end okay. of the year. I think. Um, okay. But they kind of have. You kind of have to pick. You can't bounce back and forth. You mean I can't just pick whichever bracket I want to be in that benefits me the best? (laughs) I feel feel like that should be a lot. You can pick your bracket in a sense, but uh, you can't pick your your basis of accounting on the fly. It it would be more interesting, though. It it Uh, would. would. So one of the things you guys have mentioned is partnership and S-Corp. And... I know we could do a whole like hour long. What's the difference between the two and et cetera, et cetera. Um, Is there a a real quick summation of why someone might want to be an S corp versus a partnership? And is there still time to become an S corp for next year? Like, so you start accounting for 2023 as an S corp. Yeah, definitely for 23. So you you have to, of course, be already like an LLC or a corporation to make that election. So like most people are an LLC. You can't just be like a sole proprietor doing business as. You would have to first form that legal entity, which is going to be your LLC or corporation. So the S-Corp is really just an IRS election. So it doesn't change your legal entity. It just change how changes how you're taxed with the IRS. Um, so you have actually until March 15th of 23 three to elect it to be effective one one that's the only retroactive you can do if you did it later in the year it's only going forward um so you do have a little bit of time the first of the year um the main thing is you know with partnerships you do have a lot of um social security tax due on that um so that's kind of the biggest tax difference savings is once you're an s corp um you don't pay social security on your profits um, but you do have to be um, you know, an employee of the of the LLC or the corporation. So I always say there there's definitely it's a little more complex. Um, there's more paperwork to it, but ultimately, as you grow, it's something to consider that you could have some some tax savings. Okay. I'm I'm all about tax savings. I've worked in government for a really long time, yeah. <laughs> and I know how well the government doesn't spend yeah. my money. 
and I feel like I spend it better than they do, more responsibly. So I'll pay yeah. my taxes, but I don't want to pay more than yeah. I have to. We do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that for the most part, you know, S-Corp is usually our suggestion. Once you, I say once you get large enough, there's really no magic number. Um, but, you know, if, if you need to, I, I always sort of have this just internal threshold of you should be at least making profit of over 50 before it's really going to be worth your while. That's not an exact, that's just from, you know, years of kind of seeing the numbers, you know, if, because you have to take a salary. So if, if after your salary, there's no profit, you're not really having a lot of tax savings. So um, there's definitely some tax savings there, um, a little more paperwork, but it, it can be worth it for sure. Anything I, I think sometimes it gives us a few more options in the sense of uh, the timing of the tax. You're not going to maybe get rid of all the tax you're going to pay, but the timing of it. And mm-hmm. um, and like you said, using your money the where is going to benefit you the most. So mm-hmm. um, that goes back to like buying equipment and things like that. So you're, you know, getting getting the most bang for your buck sometimes. I think we have a few more. There's a few more things out there. In, in the S-Corps as opposed to mm-hmm. like a sole proprietorship. So when or should like an that. owner, when should a business start thinking about doing quarterly taxes versus annual? Because like annual is really miserable. There's like a lot of work and it's always like, I can't even imagine. I would not want to do what you do because I feel like from January 1 through the end of April, you guys like don't breathe or sleep. You just look at spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> it's that. And so... That sounds like really rough. Um, So thinking about doing that four times a year doesn't sound fun to me. Well, it's really, so, I mean, usually if you're self-employed, you probably are going to need to be making quarterly estimated payments. Um, We don't calculate, typically, we don't go calculate every single quarter. So the the IRS rule is like a look back. So if last year your tax was $10,000, then the rule is that for this coming year, you should quarterly, you should pay in at least 10. So we would say you need to pay in 25,000 a quarter, 2,500 oh, <laughs> a quarter. Yeah. Um, Big growth. Yeah. So basically that just says if everything is the same next year as it was last year, I'm good. I've, I've paid in. I'm not going to have any additional due. So that keeps you out of penalty. So as long as you pay those quarterlies, you're fine. IRS is happy. Um, let's say your income goes up. Well, you might owe an extra, say, 5000 at the end of the year, but you're not penalized. So sometimes we do a lot of fourth quarter planning to say, where are you at? You know, are you going to need to send in more? You may or may not want to send the additional in. But like we said, that's what we're doing this time of year is kind of seeing where are you at? Did your you know revenue go up? Um, and a lot of times they may not send it in because you kind of want to hang on to your money. But it's always nice to know now versus on, you know, in April that we're going to need to have some other. So, you know, it's a good it, cash flow planning, yeah. too, because, yeah, if you, if you know you're going to have a big tax bill, then, yeah, you may not want to send it, but you can start saving it back. And, right. and so. And you um, may do some things before the end of the year to adjust it that. a little. You know, a lot of times with planning, it's not like you can get rid of all the tax, but you can plan to help minimize it a little bit. And, and as a reminder, it is different um, if you're paying payroll. There are quarterly tax filings for your payroll taxes. Yes. That this is separate. That is separate than your your income tax. Um, tax. 
So correct. Yeah. I was talking in yeah. So tax. payroll, payroll, you pay whatever your schedule is, whether it's quarterly, annually, biweekly, um, and then your quarterly uh, payroll tax payments. Um, so those they are different. If you're paying yeah, payroll, payroll you got to do those quarterly. <laughs> people can't people not watching can't see my head right. shaking side yeah. to side, but that was a lot of sarcasm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I have to pay the government to employ people. Got it. That's yeah. Yes. Um so awesome. Well I, I think we've gotten a lot of good nuggets for people. Um if if there are gym owners listening to this and they would like to contact you, are you taking on more clients? We okay. are. We, we've been pretty busy. Yeah. We we're taking on new, we're growing, but we like that. So we work hard trying to keep, we okay. added some new staff. Yeah. And, and, so it's been- and what services do you, so most people initially think account, like I'm getting a, a tax accountant. They're going to do my taxes for me. Um, but mm-hmm. There are also other elements you guys can help with, like on the bookkeeping side, correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's pretty wide, you know, variety. I mean, we do a lot of from the kind of ground up. I mean, bookkeeping and payroll, taxes, tax planning. I mean, I think for us, like I said, the businesses, I know like Lindsay and I, especially that's sort of our, you know, here in the office, we love on working on the businesses. So it does, it kind of, we always say it's like a big puzzle because for us, when we sit down to do the return, it's all the the pieces, you know, that come together. So it's everything. And really we can um, provide as little or as much service as a client wants or needs. So as um, people find their own systems, you know, they may need us a lot to get started or they may need us very little to get started. And then as they're growing, Mm -hmm. uh, they, realize, you know, their time's better spent doing this. So they're going to, you know, we subcontract have, it to us, if you will. Yeah. Um, and we can do that. And so, and same with like payroll and things, um, really we, we can kind of tailor the engagements, um, to what's best suited for, um, each, yeah. um, each client. And so. you can work with people throughout the 50 contiguous States or. Yep. Okay. We can. Yep. We actually have, uh, we are about 10 miles from a military base. So we see a lot of uh, out of state tax returns just because of that. But accounting, of course we can and payroll. But okay. Yeah. We're, That's awesome. Wherever you're at, we can, Minus we can Canadian make it happen. Friends, right. You're not, you're not getting into all the Canadian crazy. Yeah. 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 Canada. That would be a lot to know. All that tax stuff would be insane. Recommendation. Um, yeah. Oh man, I thought of uh, a question and then I I lost it. It was a follow-on question related to what we were talking about. But um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you for your advice. Uh, I hope everyone got something out of it. Uh, before we sign off, do you have any last um, bit of advice, bit of inspiration as we? Uh, for any of these business owners that are listening today. Oh gosh, that that's a that's a dead that question. A tough- I don't know. I think, like I said before, I think it's just kind of being intentional and you know 
having a method, so whatever your method is, be consistent with it and, you know, have a plan and, you know, maybe, you know, every Friday afternoon is your time to sit down and look at things or, you know, if you don't really have a plan and intentional, it kind of just doesn't happen. And then you get to the end of the year. So, and if you don't have a plan, get with us or somebody yeah. else and we'll help you make a plan. Yeah. Um, because you know, y- you need one. So, yeah. uh, it, you know, new year's is a good time to be setting those goals. And I'm sure, yeah. um, you guys are all familiar with that. So if, yeah. if you, if you don't have a plan for your finances, um, and now's I, a good time. I remembered what it was. It was kind of a statement that I'm looking for confirmation or you telling me I'm crazy on, but I, one of the other values of having on, <laughs> accountant, someone who is helping you stay on top of all these things. We always think of taxes as business owners. That's what we initially go to taxes, taxes, taxes. But when I want to buy something, when I want to buy a building, when I want to get that, that larger loan or something going on, I'm going to have to provide a lot of documentation to support that process. And that's where having an accountant who knows my business and can help me strategize, you know, getting all that stuff together and and packaging it up the right way can be very beneficial. Is that accurate? It yeah. is very accurate. Yeah. And actually, I mean, I, I mean, you know, the banks, they're under a lot of rules of what to provide. And I mean, I feel like some banks, you know, they want a financial statement and you, you know, a client can print it from something and they say, yeah, that's great. We want it from the accountant. I mean, we really do. We see a lot of we that. We see that because, um, you know, I think they just want to know that someone else has kind of looked at it and, you know, it's not like an audited financial, um, you know, it's just, um, they want know. you know, it's been reconciled that stuff right. has been categorized and, you know, sometimes, uh, we're the go between, between the client and the banker, because Explaining we can, we can explain some of the, we can kind of talk both languages and explain what stuff means and, yeah. Um, so yeah, we've, we've seen that time and time again and, um, and, and clients or banks really, that's what they're asking for anymore. They have more and more, right. they have more and more rules that they, the writers well, are asking for that. I've, I've run into coaching clients who are trying to rent a building and they're like, they just asked me for, you know, my 2020, 2021 returns, my P and L, my balance sheet. Like they want to know all this stuff. Is this normal? And I'm like, it seems to be becoming more normal. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting um, shift um, that we've seen where that's that's yeah. the stuff they want to know. It's really nice when you can just call your accountant and say, hey, I need these things. And then your accountant sends them to you rather than you yeah. have to go, oh, crud, I haven't, I haven't reconciled my QuickBooks for seven months and they want it tomorrow. Now I've got to do this. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> And it's really nice when we've been working together and so it's all caught up and we can very easily uh, generate uh, what yeah. the bank needs instead of doing the same thing of, oh, shoot, we don't have <laughs> stuff for seven months and let's put it all together. So yeah. it happens. It does. Well, thank you both so much for your time. I'm sure you have a number of work things to do. You have, you know, numbers to crunch and cool, cool stuff like that. Um well, again, if you are listening to this episode and you are interested and you need help, reach out. Um, and Teresa, what is the best way for people to get in contact with your, your company? Um, uh, they can call. It's 660-747-8518. That's our main number. 
or they can, um, our website is warrensburgcpa.com and our, our email links are in there. So Lindsay is lindsay at warrensburgcpa.com. I'm Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A at warrensburgcpa.com. So awesome. that's probably the best well, way. Thank you both so much for your time. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.